Enhance. You know enhance. I hate reading. <laughs> Make it bigger. <laughs> that is the sound of wine. <laughs> Just in case Slurp. our friends were wondering. <laughs> Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we prepared especially for them. I'm Duji Tahat. I'm Luther Hughes. And I'm Gabrielle Bates. Last week, we talked with Denez Smith about their work, Cheap Joy, Who Has to Die to Achieve Utopia, and all sorts of other wonderful things. This week, we've asked them to bring in a poem by someone else for us to chat about. And Denez chose the poem Introduction to Quantum Theory by Franny Choi. Let's get it. Introduction to Quantum Theory. There are only so many parallel universes that concern us. In one, he isn't dead. In another, you drink light with your hands all winter. There is a universe where no one is lying, emptied in the street as the gas station burns. A universe in which all our mothers haven't learned to rap their bones in each small grief they've found. There is a universe in which there is no difference between the past and the ground. Another where the oceans pull the moon and so on. This is an incomplete list. It's been a bridge for your comfort. I could tell you about the, uni the many universes in which bad things happen to people other than the people you love. Yes, in another life, it's someone else's sister who climbs to the roof that night. In another life, the boys rise darkly from the asphalt to choke the engines of cruisers, and no one gives birth chained to a hospital bed, and no one's child washes blue. Ashore, sure, you can have these worlds. You can warm them in your hands at night. But no, by signing, you agree also to be responsible for the universe where the oceans glow red, the universe where we call, where what we call shadow is pulsing in the musk of hooves, and especially the one in which humans exist, but only in the nightmares of small children. Will you hold that one too? The version of the story that never learned to consider sound and the one where sound is only the opposite of metal, and the one where the sound of metal is never enough to quiet the dead. Mm. <laughs> that bitch can write a poem. Uh. Oh, really can. Yeah, she can. Really can. She really can. She really can. Why but, that one? Um, yeah. because I think you know. I think what I really take away from this poem is nothing sweet. Nothing sweet, you know, and I think um, for so long I was searching for sweetness mm -hmm. in my life um, or perfection in some type of way um, in myself, in my work, in my world. Um, and, you know, I really started thinking about this poem again. I, I've used to teach this poem a lot, um, but I started thinking about it again. I went to Nigeria recently. Um, it was my first time going to the continent of Africa. Um, and I think like many African-Americans um, of descended from slaves, uh, we have sort of this magical dream um, of Africa that exists in our minds, even 
if you're like you know abreast to like world politics um and not a complete idiot about the world like it's still i know for me i was still like okay i know everything that i can know about nigeria without having gone there lived there being of there um in my like menial understanding, but I still felt like, okay, I'm going to land and the sky is going to open up and I'm going to like speak my native tongue. And, you know, there's going to be like, you know, just aunties there with like, like, you know, with flowers and like ceremonies. And I'm just going to like have a new name and it's going to be a new walk. I just thought I was going to like just see different upon arrival. Right. right yeah. Like something like I was going to have a new eye that was just going to open up like fuck a third, my fifth eye, you know, just like skip the other two. Um, and it didn't, right? I landed um, and had to like bribe my way out of the airport and like then like had to like, it was like very lovely to be in Nigeria and also very heartbreaking mm. um, on a lot of other accounts, right? Even just to like talk to um, other queer folks and like really understand like their, you know, their Nigeria and how they exist within that context. Mm. Um, to talk to, you know, just straight up Nigeria, you know, even just to realize even within like, you know, um, in the presence of like absolute or majority blackness, it was still not paradise, right? Mm. Uh, which I always knew, and it was difficult to know again. Yeah. Um, and I think Franny's poem really reminds me about that, that like no matter what alternatives we can choose for ourselves, we are still um, agreeing to something else, right? We are not, mm. uh, we are not searching for paradise. We are like searching for the least dystopia possible. Mm. Um, at least for us and our people, right? Mm. Um, and even makes me think about the future that I want in this world, right? That like, if I if I understand that we can't move towards utopia, then what flaws am I willing to accept? Mm. Um, where in the in the spaces where I like hold my body and where like I like love people, um, yeah. and I think Franny's poem also brings me back there. You know, like it starts out. You know, she gives us what we want in that wishful thinking, right? She gives us so many beautiful images and just beautiful worlds, right? A poem, a world, a universe where nobody gives birth chained to a bed, where like nobody's sons died, where our mothers are happy and blah, blah, blah. But then that conceit, you know, you also agree to the one where the oceans glow red, where, you know, all those, that list of things she gives us towards the end. And it's, it's a sobering reality that I often have to bring myself back to, mm. um, that what I'm fighting for is not perfection. Mm. Um, and that what we're all fighting for, um, can never be and never was a perfect artifact, but it is still be flawed um, in a way that either we agree to or that we don't even know about right now, um, but that it is still worth fighting for, yeah. I guess, too, right? Uh, so yeah, so Franny's poem like both gives me like hope for the future um, and, but not a cheap hope, like we yeah. were talking about before, yeah. right? Um, my, my want and my joy for that future um, is not cheap and rather it is complicated as well. Um, even if I don't, we don't know what those complications are yet. Yeah. 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 I love that. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'd read the, especially the first couple lines as sort of like our search for utopia is actually a dismissal of our present mm -hmm. dystopia. Mm -hmm. Right. And even the sort of break in that first line is pointing towards that, right. Mm -hmm. It's pointing towards like of the infinite universes. They're only a handful. Mm -hmm. Right, they've got you in it, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and and maybe your utopia is actually a parallel, a universe that doesn't have you in it. Mm -hmm. Right, I think it like maybe poses that question in mm -hmm. a way that uh, that we don't consider often enough. And maybe that's a scarier question for, especially I think uh, in an American context, for you to ask. Like, in the most perfect version of this nation, is there space for me? Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. know, or like, or or I think a question I've been struggling with is like. 
whose utopia requires my death absolutely mm. you know um and 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 vice versa you know who who must die for me to see light mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. me to see that brighter day and i think often like i mean today in particular like in this moment today like the news of the uh, tear gas at mm-hmm. the border right and like being an, like so much of the response of that is like this is not my America. Like we can do something <laughs> about this. Like yeah. we can vote like this out. And it's like, I'm an immigrant and I can't vote. And so like when you say we, mm-hmm. right, like the mm-hmm. implication of that pronoun, mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly, is, yeah. is one that I don't see myself in. Mm-hmm. So when that person is projecting sort of their utopia or their sort of grand America, mm-hmm. that's like, well, I'm not included in that. Yeah. Like just explicitly by saying like, we can yeah. vote these people out in two years. It's like, well, I can't. But the thing is, like, they're not included on it either. They're not even in on it, right? Like, when you say, this is not my America, the question I want, what fucking America have you been living in? For sure. Um, right. I don't know. I, I I pray for those people every single day. Where I'm just like, this <laughs> this, like, this was it? Like, you know, yeah. like, we're a little bit too far into, you like, you, existence. Yeah, you know, like, we're, we're, you're just now making it to the space where, like, America does no-nos. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 2018. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought up your trip to Nigeria because mm-hmm. I remember on Twitter when you were announcing and celebrating that mm-hmm. poetry had made that trip possible for you. And I'm so glad you got to go. Um, and also, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that it wasn't the flowers and the everything you yeah, hoped it okay. would be. It was never going to be. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm so interested in that connection to this poem in particular and how you go to this poem sort of to be unnerved in mm-hmm. a way, like not to be comforted. I think there are poems we go to to comfort us. And then there are poems we go to because they show us what the world actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like a very true poem for all its speculative qualities. It's true in that there is always that sacrifice mm-hmm. and there is a contract. I'm so interested in this contract moment that happens mm-hmm. late at like the Volta moment of the poem, but no by signing. Mm-hmm. Like until we get to that part in the poem, we don't know that that's what this poem is taking as its form. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder like to what extent it, every poem is a contract. Um, not on the contract as poem, <laughs> um, but the idea of going to the poem for uh, a kind of, reality i was going for i was going i was reading it thinking like this is going to be a a super joyous poem right like mm-hmm. i think it because i'm so invested into death myself and so when i got to the second line just in one he isn't dead i was like ah finally yeah. like i can get a poem without uh, about death but not about mm-hmm. death right i get a poem that's about it's the uplift that. of you know of joy versus the the kind of downtrodden of dying and death and talking about this investment in death and so when i got to also when i got to the this is this is an incomplete list. I was like, oh, something's about to change, <laughs> and I'm not ready for this change to happen yet. Um, and then again, and then so on. It's like, oh, so okay, so we're leaving this moment of possible universes where you can be happy, but and we're gonna go into some real shit. Yeah. Um, and that change for me was almost like, don't want to keep mm-hmm. reading this poem. Don't mm-hmm. want to keep engaging with this kind of contract right because mm-hmm. a contract from your poem is for me it's like you're being told how to read a poem from the very first couple of lines and so i was being told how to read a poem about joy and then it's kind of slapped in the face like guess what mm, it's not about joy anymore it's about mm-hmm. this reality that you're thinking you can get out of but you're actually steeped into mm-hmm. the reality of what's mm-hmm. going on around mm-hmm. you right and so when i got to but no by signing i was like 
I've already signed the, I've already signed on to the contract. Yeah, because he started reading the poem. In, right, and so it wasn't a surprise. Like mm, it's more like a, you're right. I'm already here. I have to keep going with this Red Sea and this mm. and this kind of demonic kind of people. Right, this the shadows, these hooves. Right, and so like it was more like a, like fuck. I'm already invested versus like I have to sign a contract now. Mm. Yeah, right? and so for me it was more like that versus, yeah, a Volta. Mark a reassurance, like you're here. But I think a Volta can also be a reveal. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, mm-hmm. in the drag queen sense, it's like, ah, you thought I had on this outfit. <laughs> no, no, hot pants. Because um, to me, the poem is about change and revolution. And it is about, you know, what we agree to. Um, you know, it's like by signing up for this idea, by like agreeing to like move towards this kind of peace, you are also agreeing to make this kind of disturbance in the world. There's no ideal system. You know, um, you know, you know, know that by signing up to like help your sister reach utopia that you got to kill your brother, um, you know, um, because he does not exist within her perfect or whatever it is. And like, Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, I love how much the poem implicates our own evil yes mm-hmm. um i think for me right the yes. one where humans only exist in the nightmares of children and like mm-hmm. you know we are included within that same humanness um how it implicates our our joy and our wants as things that have very real and dangerous implications for other people mm-hmm. um and how sometimes that even just means shifting the sorrow to somebody else, right? Mm. Um, you know, it's like that moment where, where somebody else's sister um, climbs to the roof that night. It's not that the sister does yeah. not, right, um, commit suicide and lose everything with that moment, but it's not your it's sister. Right? Yeah. 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 Person's grief. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the quicksand moment for me where I was like, oh shit, this is a fun sand, was like, <laughs> <laughs> in which bad things happen oh, to people other than the people you love. I was yeah. like, yeah. oh, so they're, they're going to happen to people that other people love and, being okay and like with i that. have to yeah. sign up yeah, okay for that. that and that's the moment where i was like oh man. it brings me back to i thought about citizenship right mm-hmm. like even as like americans right or like motherfuckers that live within like these fucked up ass borders like what who who have i agreed to make mm-hmm. life hectic for elsewhere so that way i can just have my uninterrupted like you know trip to coffee eat my cereal yes yeah, so yeah. i can eat my fucking cereal and complain about oat milk you know right. so like who <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not, I mean, it's not unlike our earlier conversation of like a cheap joy mm-hmm. that is unearned, right? right? It, it has to be troubled mm-hmm. uh, and it has to, you know, uh, it opens with this sort of promise of that. Mm-hmm. And and even like speaking of your trip to Nigeria, right? Like there's a certain promise of mm-hmm. that, but like that's flat yeah. and not real, mm-hmm. right? And, and to have real hope, which I think this poem is like sort of urging us towards, mm-hmm. it has to be sort of practical in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some sort of like sober assessment mm-hmm. of what is possible with joy and hope comes violence mm-hmm. right that that's the whole picture mm-hmm. joy is complicated joy is complicated yeah mm-hmm. turns out turns out <laughs> who knew <laughs> breaking news yeah <laughs> and joy is never like unaccompanied by something else right, right. right. Like that's pure the pure unadulterated joy like yes. i really don't think that that happens anywhere outside of the space of like alcohol <laughs> I was gonna sweat orgasm, but alcohol too, you know. Sure, ecstasy, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Oh, that's you know? what it is. It's yeah, the actual, yeah, orgasm. Yeah, orgasm. Just but like moment. by yourself, Just that though. Moment. <laughs> that one solo though. Solo, yeah. solo. Not even with another person mm-hmm. there. It's like, know? oh, you're you're here. Oh, <laughs> I love you, but you're here. <laughs> what is it about? It seems like logically that sadness would have to be the same way. Why do you think we don't? talk about sadness as having to be earned like why are we so much more readily to go with a poem that is 
sad than a poem that is full of joy like why why does a poem about sadness not not have to have joy in order to earn its emotional well because i think i think we already as writers know how to complicate sadness Mm. right and so we do like you know sort of like you know i think you see it in like younger writers where you say like okay like your grandma died what else um you know where you're asking them of the poem right like how Mm. do you make that that same sort of sorrow, not not cheap yeah. in a certain way, Show right? You know, you know, yeah, because if like everybody's grandma's died, what makes your grandma important? Um, seriously, yeah. no, yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> or like what makes the yeah. poem about your grandma dying special? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we know how to mine our sadness a little bit more. I think we know mm-hmm. how to add layers and textures and particularity to it. Mm-hmm. Where I think we have less practice in articulating our joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. We are, we're often asked to like go to therapy and like tell people everything that's wrong, yeah. and it's hard to go back to that same therapist and tell them the specifics of what's happening when most things feel right. Yeah. Yeah. We can measure sadness to a certain extent versus mm-hmm. measuring joy. Like you don't, what does joy actually look like besides like a smile on the face, right? And it's hard to measure because you can smile for anything, right? But sadness looks like a you can measure that a certain way, mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. been taught to measure that a certain way, right? You're taught to like know sadness versus know how to experience joy in the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe like troubling that is like you know we live in a capitalist society where joy is sold right mm-hmm. like it's marketed right mm-hmm. it's a it's but real joy right i don't think real joy but i think our sort of concept of joy that sort of cheap like cul-de-sac like mm-hmm. not going anywhere mm-hmm. type of joy the one that like the one that is unearned right the one that mm-hmm. we all sort of reach for immediately mm-hmm. and you know there isn't a lot of investment in cultivating and like digging scratching beneath that surface and i think so there's this sort of like dual thing where like we actually haven't spent a lot of time digging into and talking with our therapists about what actually brings us joy Mm -hmm. however it's like it's really common in our discourse right Mm -hmm. our social media like instagram is all about like looking beautiful me doing Mm -hmm. beautiful shit in this beautiful place right and so this like disparate sort of opposing forces Mm -hmm. i think yields a really troubled relationship (laughs) Hmm. And maybe it's also, I think, you know, what you were talking about, uh, about the public facing face uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of joy. Uh, <laughs> the public facing face. Um, I'm brilliant. Um, but no, uh, the, pu- the public face of joy. Um, I think we, it's not mysterious to us. Um, you know, we feel like it's, it's what is actually welcomed. And I wonder if that's why. Um, we don't ask the same things of sadness because we already are kind of taught in a way to be curious about sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's normally a more private experience, right? You know, um, I think it takes a very weird 12-year-old to post themselves crying on the internet. Um, yeah. But those moments are so interesting because we even, as like consumers, don't know how to process it. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's not sold to us every day and it's because... Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think we're we're not taught to question our joy in the same way. It's sort of like when joy shows up, you're just like, take it while you can get it, exactly. motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> like, be happy because you're going to be sad again real yeah. quick. Um, and so because, you know, we don't approach joy with the same type of curious rigor yeah. um, as we do our sadness. Because, right, when the second you're sad, then you're taught to be like, be curious as shit so you can find so your you way can back fix to joy. It. Yeah, right. so you can fix it. Um, I wonder what would happen if we approach joy with that same sort of sense of searching. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. I think it's because we're we're not trained to question, mm-hmm. and poetry is so much about a questioning at 
at its best in my opinion um and joy i mean for me at least has always seemed to like fulfill itself in the moment mm-hmm. like it's about like these physical moments it's about being with certain people and and the poem doesn't feel required because like it's it's existed in this mm-hmm. space and it's happened mm-hmm. um but but i love that idea of of pushing it into the world of inquiry um mm-hmm. like it sounds like you're doing with this forthcoming book that oh, you're writing homie 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 2020 2020 um <laughs> I, I think so much of the way we talk about joy especially in poetry is like whether it's earned or unearned mm-hmm. right joy and humor right and, and it's precisely about that and like i think the beauty and wonder of this poem is that it's all about that earning mm. right it, it's it's joy mm. and then you have to earn it yeah through like these other worlds mm. it's a physical earning too it's exactly. not like just like metaphorical it's like people have to die or experience these kind of traumas for you to have your stake of joy right mm-hmm. it's so physical and so bodily it's mm-hmm. not metaphorical it's not as theoretical mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. good job franny franny good did job, that yeah. franny really did that she really did that look out for her book soft yeah. sciences come through out of james alice james alice james yeah i want to acknowledge that we're we're reading this poem out of a literary journal so mm-hmm. it's possible that this poem could exist in a slightly different form in the mm-hmm. book or anything i'm not even sure if this poem is in the book or if it's even in the book <laughs> so this is from a droid journal <laughs> um and we'll post a link book. to it it is i hope it is i'll give you this goal but for the book well it just has to marinate for a little while longer i started realizing that there are poems Homes in yeah. Homey that were around in the insert boy days when I was still at Craft and that mm-hmm. sometimes a poem has Absolutely. to wait for the collection. I love that idea. Absolutely. Like bring a poem from the past and be like, okay, look, it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You fit this is your this is your project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a poem now that I've tried to fit in all three collections. <laughs> wow. That has not made it yet. But it helps me, but I, it's it was like a necessary, I call it like a bay leafing moment where like mm-hmm. I yep. have to put that poem in there to figure out what I'm doing mm-hmm. with everything yep. else and then I have to snatch mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. You, you don't know? want anybody like fighting into it. It is. It is it, like it is, you know, yeah. I like it's like that. a rule. I know, you know people who use certain titles of poems that way. Like they'll It'll never actually stay with the poem, but they'll use it to force them to write a poem, yeah, and yeah. then the title will change. But it is—it's like I their like bay that. leaf. It's like their base. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. A nice mirepoix. Mirepoix. <laughs> I don't know what what that, that is. It's <laughs> a bell pepper and celery and onions and carrots. It's like a basic. Oh, like that thing! I, I heard yeah. them talk about that on Chop. Before. Exactly. Good. exactly. That's where I learned it. Come on, Chop coming through real yeah, life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to say about this poem? Those couplets. Let me tell you guys. I was going to ask, what are the couplets doing for this poem, you think? I think it's faking us out. Mm. Right? Couplets do that form where it's like, it's pretty, it's nice, it's it's meant to be, you know, beautiful, but it's, it's not made for that kind of beauty, right? Or beauty in a different way than we're expecting it to be. Mm. Um, so I think couplets, for this poem, is doing that, I think. I buy that mm. take. I, I like, I buy that. Um, I think the couplets are also giving us a sense of parallel, right? Ah. Parallel universes, mm. um, riding alongside each other, so we see that happening. Mm. And also the line breaks are doing a crap ton of work. Oh, it's calm. They are. I mean, yeah, Franny really. Um, and jams the wrote. shit out of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an, in, it's an in jam. I love a good There is <laughs> that sense of parallel, but also this poem is about, it's not about, I mean, it is about parallel universes, but it's about parallel universes, plural. Sis, yeah, yeah. So for me, mm-hmm. my inclination 
is to want this poem to be a monostrophe, but I'm like, no, Franny is a genius. She did this in couplets on purpose. And so for me, it really brings in the IU relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there is a mysterious speaker speaking to a particular you. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there are all of these millions of possible universes out there, but there is an I and a U relationship guiding us through the poem. Yeah. How do we take um, of the indent and yeah. the couple couplets down? And then again at the very Indeed. end. Yeah. I mean, I think that troubles the like the prom- I, the promise, right? Mm-hmm. The, whether it's the promise of joy or the promise of parallelness, right? There is mm-hmm. something that has to be sort of given. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it, it isn't square. Like it isn't neatly lined mm-hmm. up, like literally. I think it's just to like sort of alert us um, to kind of shock us back into being aware of the poem as well. I think mm. there's a certain ease that comes along with reading couplets as well, if you just That's sort true. of read mm-hmm. them uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we really see her using those indents or those like more um, spaces. emboldened spaces, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, when she wants to sort of shift gears a little bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that first indent, you know, this is an incomplete list. It's been in a bridge for your comfort. I could tell you, right? And then that's a big mm-hmm. bolt after there. I could tell you over the many universes in which bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think she's allowed, she's making sure that we see those shifts mm-hmm. a little more and we feel them maybe a little bit more in a physical kind of way as mm-hmm. we're reading and not just carry through the words. It's almost academic in mm-hmm. the, the indents, right? The, mm-hmm. the shift and the change. And it's called quantum theory. Yeah, as if these are paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like paragraphs within. Mm -hmm. The first two feel to me like they're guiding the breath, but then the second two feel like they're signaling, like you just said, like signaling a new paragraph or Mm -hmm. an idea change. Um, Because I feel like at at the very last line of a poem, you don't really need some sort of physical marker to tell you that something's happening. Like Mm -hmm. you can see it's the end of the poem. So I'm I'm really intrigued by that one at the very end. I'm wondering if it's because that line's so much shorter, if it looked weird visually to have it be flush to the left margin, so she mm. pushed it over. I don't know. I mean, even the line itself, it's, it's a qu- like to quiet the dead? Like, it's a question in itself. So I feel like it's playing with both the end, the ending, and also like the, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Right? Is, mm. is, your dead, is your dead quiet? Yeah, and I putting a physical silence yeah. in a line about quietness. I think it's also to push us back into our world a little bit at the bottom, mm-hmm. um, right? Because I think she allows herself to get a little bit more abstract in the last, like, mm-hmm. third of the poem. It's mm-hmm. a little bit harder for me to really even imagine those worlds, right? right. Um, where what we call shadow is pulsing in the musk of hooves. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I don't really know what the fuck that's saying. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> um or even, you know, those last three, the version of the story that never learned to consider sound. Okay, that's yeah. good, but I can't really, like, I don't even know what that means for the rest of the poem. Mm-hmm. The one where sound is only the opposite of metal. That is a great image. I still don't know what that means a little bit. It's abstract, it's out there, but it's mm-hmm. lovely. And then the one where the sound of metal is never enough to quiet the dead. Okay, that one I can, like, draw back to, like, our world a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I can think, immediately I'm thinking about gunshots. Immediately mm-hmm. I'm thinking about sort of the same... Um, groups of people that were of the concern and heart at the top of the poem too. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that indent there is to sort of like jar us back once we spend so much time in the abstract Mm -hmm. um, and in the surreal to sort of make sure that we still punch this back into our lived Mm -hmm. existence as well. Yeah. And to to reconcile that too with indent of a new paragraph, right? Mm -hmm. I think like that's the 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 start of the paragraph of returning to our world, right? Like it invites us Mm -hmm. then to sort of contextualize Mm -hmm. this poem in like 
afterwards yeah, yeah. right and like mm-hmm. where i am right now mm-hmm. or even signaling an ongoingness exactly. like i again like the poem has abridged itself for the reader's comfort exactly. it's signaling this ending is actually a beginning this goes mm-hmm. on and on and on thank you to Denez. thank you to open books a poem emporium like what you hear Subscribe to us, hit that button, rate us five wonderful stars. Five of them. The most wonderful of the, the five most. stars. Five of them joints. Joints. Five. Help others find us because we're your favorite podcast, right? Right. Obviously. Correct. But lastly, follow us on Twitter at Poet Salon Pod and send us your questions. Send us what you're mad about. What you mad about? Who? We want to know. Who you mad about? What? Uh, how? How? And when? You don't even need to tell us why. Ooh, just send it. Just let us know. Swear to the Poet Salon Pod at gmail.com. Can't wait. Quiet as a church mouse. I don't want to play house. I was born to run this. Building up my fortress. Stacking up the mattress. You want to weaponize this? Gonna show you these hands. Gonna take on these streets. Gonna show you who's man's. Cause my crew mob steady. Feddy and spaghetti. Feddy and spaghetti. Feddy and the...